Good afternoon and welcome to the Friday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll have details from the Manitoba Crop Alliance Annual General Meeting. Also, we'll be joined by Jim Everson, President of the Canola Council of Canada. And up first in today's country comment, I'll chat with CAP President Bill Campbell. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Keystone Agricultural Producers is welcoming the review of the education funding model. Here's President Bill Campbell. Well, I think it's uh, something that CAP has brought to the government's attention for a number of years. And uh, I guess we're encouraged and view it as positive that they have announced their funding review team and uh, acknowledged that there needs to be conversation with regards to education funding in Manitoba. For a little background information that, you know, when the education model was first uh, developed, it was when there was more families in rural Manitoba, and there was probably more of a balance uh, between rural and urban populations. But as we have seen, you know, over the century or more, uh, that the rural population and utilizing land uh, assets as a model for uh, education funding has really produced an inequitable uh, situation. And uh, we have uh, uh, land uh, taxes that are contributing more than uh, their share, we view, uh, towards education funding. And there's just been a a shift in the landscape where um, this issue needs to be addressed and we need to develop a more equitable, uh, stable funding model to provide a good education system in Manitoba. Moving forward, you know, ideally that's been our position is that we would like to see education funding removed from property taxes and and the education funded through other uh, streams of, of revenue as it is done in in other provinces in Canada. Uh, So um, whether or not uh, the review finds those particular um, abilities, um, but I I believe that it is a a, a really strong consideration for the government that they have brought this forward as an issue and as a situation that needs to be talked about by all citizens of Manitoba. That was Keystone Agricultural Producers President Bill Campbell. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. Agrometeorologist Drew Lerner says we could see a dry start to spring in areas of the prairies that haven't seen a lot of moisture. However, he says that should turn around with most areas seeing some moisture in late April, early May and into the summer. In the southeast corner of uh, Manitoba, that I do have a little bit of a drier bias there. That's because I'm a little concerned that the ridge down in the U.S. will end up poking its head up across the border and extend into parts of Manitoba and Saskatchewan. So there is still potential that will turn drier in those areas later in the summer, but those areas will most likely have a good spring, good late spring, and we'll see enough precipitation to carry the crops through the, the balance of the season. So it's, a, it's mostly a good thing. The Manitoba Oat Growers Association held its AGM this week. Here is Executive Director Shauna Matheson. Throughout the years, the Mexican marketing program has produced very good results. Due to the poor crop, oat crop, and reduced supplies this year, we have resulted in Australia filling some of that Mexican demand. Exports were quite slow at the beginning of the year. They doubled its exports in the third quarter of 2021, shipping almost the same quantity as the previous six months. 
Canada still has more than 75% of the market for this year. And while we don't expect the same numbers that we saw in 2020 in terms of exports, we do believe we'll be the largest exporter still to Mexico. And we feel very fortunate that with the relationships we've been able to build in Mexico and confident that that demand will remain strong in 2022, when hopefully we all have a stellar crop. And the Manitoba Canola Growers Association presented the Canola Award of Excellence to Ned Bell, owner and chef at the Naramata Inn in BC, for his active role in promoting canola oil in the kitchen and his longtime commitment to supporting farmers across Canada. Ned has been using and promoting canola oil in the kitchen throughout his career as a chef, keynote speaker, and educator. His primary advocacy work has been supporting the long-term health of the world's oceans, lakes, and rivers. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Knute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Friday, February 18th. I'm Corey Knute. Coming up today, we'll hear from Jim Everson, President of the Canola Council of Canada. Manitoba Canola Growers held its AGM yesterday. Jim Everson, President of the Canola Council of Canada, gave this report. As you will be aware, the Canadian uh, the Canola Council of Canada has a team of crop uh, agronomists, um, agronomy specialists across Western Canada. And the main function for through 2021 and looking into 2022 has been to really focus on agronomic challenges to help support producers with canola production. Um, there is a strong global demand for canola, and uh, our goal here is to help support growers to reduce risk, um, maintain profitability, and ultimately to produce more canola for the industry in Canada and for, for global markets. So in 2021, obviously, uh, you know, it's, it's a very significant, very difficult growing season, and we turned our agronomy specialist attention to supporting growers uh, week to week and day to day with the challenges that they were facing because of dry and hot weather. Um, in Manitoba, flea beetles uh, and the regrowth were major issues and our team through Canola Watch and other communication sources uh, attempt to provide timely, valuable science-based agronomic information and tactics to, to growers to meet, meet those challenges. And um, Rick uh, did an excellent job talking about the issues around science-based decision-making and regulatory issues of the Government of Canada, including the Pest Management Review Agency. So we work very closely with the Canadian Canola Growers Association on that. And um, I think Rick said it all in terms of what we are working on in terms of communicating the importance of science-based decision-making to support crop protection products for growers. And ultimately, also in the global market, um, we export 90% of what we grow in canola in Canada. And it's critical that decision making globally be based on science. And it's really value, really important that the government of Canada follow science so that when we're faced with market access issues that are not science based in some of our global markets, that Canada has the credibility to, to maintain a science based approach to those international regulatory issues. So there too, it's critical that that we um, continue to demand that of our of our government. Um, Rick also mentioned the nitrogen management issues, so I, I won't get into that. Also, the you know another area where the Canola Council, through the whole value chain, is is very much involved in the strategy around how to manage. Um, the requests, not only from the government of Canada and the challenge that Rick outlined uh, for reduction of emissions. 
But increasingly, we're getting questions around sustainability and emissions issues from um, global markets and from food companies in North America and in Europe and so on. And so uh, really important that we advance the agenda uh, in that area. We are um, reviewing the variety registration process. That's a project, uh, project that's um, been started by the Government of Canada in Ottawa. Um, and that's being done through Canola Council Committee that's being chaired by Chuck Fossey from the Manitoba Canola Growers Association and involves the whole value chain around how to manage uh, issues around variety registration. So those are some of the things that we're doing on the sustainability supply side. That was Jim Everson, president of the Canola Council of Canada, speaking yesterday at Manitoba Oat Growers Annual General Meeting. The Saskatchewan Soil Conservation Association held its annual conference this week. One of the presentations was from Kimberly Cornish. Kimberly is a director with the Food Water Wellness Foundation. Her presentation to the group focused on soil carbon measurement and monitoring to enable landscape level change. Our work has been to to see if we can measure and map soil carbon uh, on a, in a way that can can take individual motivation and turn it into collective targets. And and the thing that in talking to all the producers that we, I work with, it always came kept coming back to I'm not interested in a conservative average of what everyone else does in this practice. I don't want to get paid on that. I want to get paid on what I'm doing on my land. And if I'm doing more than somebody else, I want to get paid for it. And if I'm doing less, I'll suffer the consequences of that. But I I want to be rewarded for that. And then the other piece that was really significant was I I work um, and have known uh, Grant Lestuka in Alberta, and I think some of you know him. And within the Alberta offset system, we had a conservation cropping protocol that is now defunct because it is no longer additional. It's not, it's not, it's considered business as usual, as you mentioned earlier today. Um, But the reason that they were able to do a conservation cropping protocol is because that is a practice that is relatively easy to standardize. When we start talking about regenerative agriculture, we're talking about infinite numbers of permutations, like each combination of cover crop if you have 18 species versus 14 species and if those species change and then you have all the other elements that come into play if our goal is to try and standardize and find carbon like coefficient numbers that say this is this or this is that we're going to definitely pull back on innovation and people trying crazy things because it means them giving up their carbon offsets potentially. And it also means that we're going to wait a long time for any to ever be able to issue credits on these practices because we just don't have enough data. And the Living Labs initiative out from Egg Canada, I think, is a huge step forward in trying to collect that data. But I think it's still always going to be problematic because These systems are fundamentally adaptive and they're fundamentally dynamic. And when you try to standardize a fundamentally dynamic and adaptive process, you usually don't have a fantastic outcome. Um, Also, we've looked at ways that we could potentially reduce risk through um, a pooling 
of, of you know, that we're still looking at, uh, we're looking at everyone having their individual carbon offsets, but that it is part of a bigger community that comes together that is farmer owned, that is able to, to reduce risk and that we actually, instead of just discounting based on this or that, we use data to, to, to have as many, you know, as much foundation as possible for that as possible. And to truly maximize that economic opportunity. If you, if you're able to go two to three percentages in a very short period of time, you know, I think that your neighbors might be very interested if they knew what your carbon check could be associated with that. And I think that that is, it still is a major, major leverage point that we have. And it has, societal outcomes, and it also has environmental outcomes. That's just a small part of the presentation by Kimberly Cornish to producers at the Saskatchewan Soil Conservation Association Conference. For Golden Last, I'm Glendalee Allen-Bossler. Thanks, Glendalee. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. On behalf of Glendalee Allen-Bossler, I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return next week on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Farm Credit Canada is hosting the Future of Food Conference webinar February 22nd. Visit the FCC website to register. Manitoba Canola Growers is offering a webinar entitled Policy and Your Farm, Navigating Grain Contracts, February 23rd. Register on the Manitoba Canola Growers website. Manitoba Canola Growers is offering another webinar February 24th. This one entitled Pesticide Update with a Herbicide Focus. Farm Credit Canada presents the Women Entrepreneur Summit in a virtual setting March 8th. Visit the FCC website. And Marmac Farms and Guest Bull Sale is scheduled for March 9th at the farm near Brandon. The sale gets underway at 1 p.m. Visit marmacfarms.net for details. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Friday afternoon, the Manitoba Crop Alliance held its AGM yesterday virtually. Pam Darockney is the group's CEO. We will focus on being a voice for Manitoba farmers by sharing the impact of government policies on their operations and backing it up with our research and the lived experiences on their farms. We have two key results under this objective, focusing on the collaboration with organizations that do have a core focus on advocacy, building on their strengths and harnessing those partnerships. And again, building on our core strength of research. We will also invest in forward-looking research to quantify impact and of course advocate using that data that's generated. Our next objective focuses on communications. We need to communicate to our members to show them how we are investing their dollars and how that investment is benefiting them. By including communications as a strategic objective, it is an acknowledgement, it is not a supporting function, but actually a strategic function to help achieve our vision and our mission. As such, our fourth objective, we want every member to use the information that we produce to make product productive and sustainable decisions on their farm. To do this, we will look to enhance the way we communicate with our members, making sure that we use a variety of tactics, and of course, measuring their impact with member feedback as well. Normally, operations are not a strategic objective. However, it was a promise made to our farmer members that during the amalgamation and the formation of Management Crop Alliance, that it would actually lead to efficiencies where farmer dollars were spent on core priority areas of research, production, market access, and development, and not on administration. Therefore, our fifth objective is, our organization will be a lean and efficient operation with farmer member input to inform and shape our discussions. 
The key results listed underneath this objective, we focus on encouraging our farmer members to become delegates to form the crop committees. And as Fred mentioned earlier, we will be having uh, nominations and elections for those positions this fall of 2022. Um, we also want to be making strategic investments, investment decisions during the life of the strategic plan. And that Manitoba Crop Alliance will continue to serve as an administrator of Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada's Advanced Payments Program, providing Manitoba farmers with an option for their cash advance needs. With Manitoba Crop Alliance's first strategic plan in place, it will focus the board of directors and the crop committees in continually having quality conversations about how they invest and make strategic dynamic decisions. The approach of a financial portfolio will be taken. And this is an analogy that we used when we were working through the process of developing the plan. The capital of Manitoba Crop Alliance is money and time. And that's the capacity of the organization to invest farmer member dollars to generate a return for our farmer members investment. For Manitoba Crop Alliance, we will be focusing on return on organizational effort. And we want a balanced portfolio, one, there, one where effort by the organization and impact to members results in a mix of opportunities, opportunities that will benefit our members. The strategic plan is now a roadmap to lead the organization forward to serve our farmer members. It'll be a living document, reviewed as needed and evaluated at least every two years. And of course, continually shared uh, with our farmer members. That was Pam DeRockney, CEO with the Manitoba Crop Alliance. The group held its annual general meeting yesterday. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. The situation with China was discussed this week during Manitoba Oat Growers' annual general meeting. Here is Executive Director Shauna Matheson. Unfortunately, due to the political situation between Canada and China, efforts to secure Canadian raw oat access into China is still on hold. We reached out to the federal government to see if it's advisable to begin work on this again, but we've been told it's not likely to be successful at this time. China is still the largest growing importer of oats in the world, so we'll continue to pursue that market whenever it's possible. And farmers should feel good about the upcoming growing season. That was a message from World Weather Inc. agrometeorologist Drew Lerner. That we should get out of the mess that we're in. But a lot of patience is going to be necessary as we get started uh, into our growing season because we have so much dryness out there. And it looks like March and April are not going to be good months for us for fixing the problem that we have. He notes we're going to see that dryness in parts of the prairies, but as soon as we get into the later part of April and early May, things will turn around and we'll see some much-needed moisture. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can meet us back here on Monday starting at 12 noon.